with this robe because honestly it's cold but it's warm I don't know it's windy it's warm because we have it the dressing on. gown on yeah. it was cold and then we put the dressing gown on and now I'm warm yeah now you're gonna take it off you get it cold no I'll use it as like a blanket or something oh there's another blanket here oh. all right so uh today as you guys saw by the title we're gonna talk about um competing and what it takes to compete and what you need and preparing uh, yourself if you've never done it or returning or expectations or mm -hmm. if you have nerves how to combat them yeah absolutely and I think and the outcomes of it I think about like dealing with whatever happens on the day and how you take things yeah yeah that can be it's a big I think the biggest um, difficulty for me is actually going there without thinking about the scores mm -hmm. that's my biggest difficulty is I is I go and I and I think about the scores um, but to be fair that's kind of what okay so this this um, topic came up because I'll be competing like returning to like competing for the first time in in about 12 years um, so th this coming weekend and red being a complete wealth of knowledge, going and completing, <laughs> competing a lot and everything. You know, I just thought it'd be good if I can bounce some questions off. She can give me some advice, and also everybody out there, we can have this kind of conversation around this type of thing. So I'm taking a young horse that uh, uh, that red and I own together. Now I already know that this horse, you know. Um, we've got to do some training. So I already know that my expectation can't be to get those scores and to win. It's mm -hmm. his first competition. Yeah. You know, so I have no idea what he's going to be like in the environment. But that's still not going to stop me from being <laughs> disappointed if I don't get those scores, right? <laughs> so back to, like, what you were saying, you compete a lot, so I think, like, you now you now know kind of what the atmosphere. I, I mean, look, we can't ever really know exactly what our horse is going to be on that day because no. our horse can be bomb-proof and perfect. But horses are horses. That you you've only got that horse that you have that day, and something can happen, um, and and the horse can be completely different. So I don't think it's fair to say that you you're going to ride the same horse, you know, all the time. That's not fair to yeah. say. But being that you've gone through this a few times, your expectation is, you, your focus is going to be more toward the scores because that's what your goal is. Whereas my goal is just to like, not yeah. get killed. And then like, <laughs> I don't think Jeff would ever do that. Oh no, he would kill me. Type. No, I mean like, if anything happens, it's because I could like stay on. Like it's got nothing to do with him. He's not dangerous at all. No. <laughs> and he's not... Um, stupid and doesn't do anything naughty ever so if if anything happens it's my own stupid fault but again retard like, I don't know I think I think the reason that I mentioned not focusing on the scores is because I I hyper focus on the scores and I find it detrimental to me always like Almost since always. your first is it the score or winning because I don't really score. care what my score is, as long as I win. Score. Score. I want to be myself. Yeah, see? I just want to be other people. I, I don't wanna... care what my score is, as long as I'm better than everybody else that was there. Like, yeah, see, that that you can do. <laughs> that, I think, is probably easy. Like, I came home, like, that ribbon and this one that's a pretty color that's like yeah i know and there's what what what, what this one that? as well that second this is fifth i think is is fifth always fuchsia because if it is no. i want like a whole lot of fuchsia <laughs> and and all four of these Carlton ones were all i hated every every one of those 
I heard Actually, you no, did. these ones I did. I like You went one of those competitors that go and get your ribbon against like 50 or 60 other people, <laughs> and you placed in like the top six, and you like walk away swearing under your breath. If, <laughs> if I feel that I didn't ride the way that I wanted to ride, then yeah. Mm. Like I'm, I don't really care if I beat people. I just want, I want to, firstly, I want to ride my training. Mm. I want to ride my training. I want to make sure that I ride my relaxation and my suppleness and, and my rhythm and, and all of the stuff that I work in my basis of my training. I want that to be there. And if it's not there, I'm pissed. If I don't have rhythm and suppleness and relaxation, I'm like, but the, the thing my is, training is out the window. You're training so much on that because it doesn't exist much when you're out. <laughs> so then, like, to say that you want to, you know, you can get that relaxation in that when you're at home majority of the time. So it's like, it's hard because you should be almost training in the training environment yeah like, you know and that's why i've been going up to the vec so much because i go you know and i go to a place that is different and there's lots of traffic and lots of stuff happening yeah. and tons of distractions and my horse is just performing better and better in those environments like he performs better distracted at the vec than he does at home mm. in the indoor well, in the outdoor great. he's awesome but in the indoor, he's like, mm, there's a scary corner over here. I don't know if you saw that, but I don't like that. I'm like, okay. There is nothing there. And he's like, um, excuse me. There was a light there 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and now it's gone. And uh, <laughs> there's something going on. And so the indoor is like the scariest. Mango. Alrighty. So we had a slight uh, malfunction as per usual. We're just going to have to keep our eyes on the thing. Mm. Um, so we're just talking a little bit about um, training at home and trying to train for new environments and, and keeping your training for relaxation and stuff like that. And then you kind of brought up um, what you think we should do, like what you feel like in a competition environment, what should you do in different situations? Yeah, like, I mean... We all have goals of what we want to happen when we get there. Obviously, we're going to a competition because it's a competition. Like, you yeah. go, like everyone's like, if you say you're competing because you just want to go and have fun, like, seriously, then go have fun. Like, do do, do a clinic or something. Like, yeah. you know, you don't do a competition because you don't want to play. It's like, sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I, I, like being, I like being judged. I like my training being judged. Mm. I like someone saying like the yes your training is improving or your training is not improving. It's so hard though because it's always a different judge. Like if it, yeah. if that was the same judge, it'd be more satisfactory to know that because that you know that's yeah. But there's a still there's a there's a standard. I'm just gonna put the dog away, but um just try and recap a little bit of what. Oh, oh you keep yeah. all your tests. Of course I do. Out you go. Oh, oh my god, that's yeah. so good. That's a good tip. Today's tip, keep your dressage tests. That's actually really good. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I would be lying to say that I didn't care about, like, if I placed or if I won. Um, but ultimately, the purpose of going is to take this horse for its first competition and for me to go to my first comp, it's the first time. So ultimately, I should just say that I'll be happy if we can both just go and have a peaceful outing. Yeah. And, you know, so get in the ring and do our test and get out, no matter how ugly it is. So I when it, should say that. When it comes to a dressage test, I'll kind of explain it for everybody uh, in the back row that doesn't do dressage. Um, you get a piece of paper, and it... It starts by telling you what you have to do. And each segment gets a score out of 10. And then um, then you move to the next movement, and then you get a score out of 10. Um, and a comment. And a comment about why. Sometimes you get comments, sometimes you don't. But usually comments about why you got the score that you did. Um, the, the other thing that I can make a, like a statement about is you can make mistakes in your tests. Um, like let's say my horse shied or had a spook or something and, and I couldn't make a 20 meter circle at that point, 
they can toot the horn or ring the bell, and then I'll get a. Uh, is that the same thing? Ringing, ringing the bell and tooting the horn. Does that? It, it depends on, yeah, if they if they're in a car or if they're in a judge's box. Oh, so they're yeah. not gonna ring a bell in a car. No. Okay. So yeah. it is the same thing. It's the same thing. All right. So you get uh, cumulative errors. You get um, uh, two errors if in your first. You get two minus two points. In your second, you get six points in total, so minus four points again, and then six mm -hmm. points in total. And then your third is elimination. Okay. So um, after you eliminate, you cannot it... complete your test. Okay. Can you do anything? No, you can leave, and then you can fix it in the warm up. Okay. <laughs> um, and that um, may not, they may not be as strict on an unofficial, but, but that's usually the go. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes, like, like at an unofficial day, when I went to the unofficial day, I did my first test, I went in, I said hello to the judge, and then, um, she says to you, okay, just... Right, I forgot all this stuff, oh my goodness, so the last time I competed was party club. So you, you present to the car window first, don't you? Yeah. Okay, so you I'm up. in, I'm not in a car, this, this place is a, is a is a uh, indoor. Yeah, but the car will be at the at the end. Oh, it's big enough for a car. They're gonna... it's, it's open. Oh. The side is open. Oh, so there's no sides. Just two sides are open and two sides are closed. Okay. Yeah, so the car will be at the one end and you just ride in and you go up to her and say, hello, my, I'm number blah, and then she looks at your number, if it's on your bridle or on your saddle blanket. And if I don't have a number? You usually are eliminated if you don't have a number. Okay, so you, at the start of the day, that's when you present to the office. Yeah, that right? and then you get your number. Okay. Yeah, and then you put it on your bridle or your saddle blanket. Yeah. So if you're doing an official EA competition, like mine, my horse has a number for the rest of his life. Yeah. So I've got saddle blankets with just the numbers embroidered on it. And then I don't ever have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, except when I go to unofficial days and then I've got these stupid numbers on my saddle blankets. Um, and then, um, and then you present to the judge, and then they'll say, all right, you go ahead and I'll shoot the horn uh, when I'm ready. So am I gonna be allowed around the outside of the arena before I present to the judge? What I do is I go down, present to the judge, and, and then she's- down the other way. And then I book it to wherever I think it's gonna be scary. Yeah. And then I just- Cause that's what I was thinking, I was like, it'd be great to do that before presenting, but you can't, yeah? No, you gotta present first, mm -hmm. and then you have, then they'll toot the horn and then you have 40 seconds to get into the arena to start your test. Mm -hmm. um, what if you could, like, what if you have an issue before you enter? I just, just try and work it out. <laughs> in the, yeah. In the 40 seconds that you got. Seconds. You gotta go in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's straight up elimination, or is that going to your first Get on in there. <laughs> All right. If you can't get in, then yes, it would be a retire moment. So when you want to retire a test, you just look at the judge, halt, and salute, and then you leave. Right. But you're not allowed to do anything after that. Is the salute still the same? Because yes. so many things have changed. Is this halt, hold the reins in one hand, right hand down to your side, and nod your head, right? Unless your whip is in your right hand, then salute I'm with not your left. ride with the whip. Yeah, I didn't think you were going. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, unless your whip is in your right hand, you should always salute with the hand that does not have your whip in it. Uh -huh. EA and FEI do not have a preferred hand necessarily. Most people salute with the right. Right. Um, yes. And like I've saluted while trying to stop and kind of wobbling sideways. Right. Been like, thank you! <laughs> it's certainly not going to stop now. It's just going to keep going. But know that it always looks better than it feels. Mm. Because I have retired from a test. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it in here somewhere. I have retired from a test, and the judge came out of the judge's box and said, uh, are you just a little lost? <laughs> And I was like, ah, I was out of control. <laughs> and the judge didn't see that I was completely out of control. And, and that part kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, maybe it isn't as bad as I think it is, you know? Um, 
so yeah so why does your test caller have to stand at i usually see your a i mean not see your a um e or b yeah but um in that circumstance they um they stand it. A test caller, by the way, is someone you can ask to call out the movements of your test if you have a bad memory, like I do, and they yell out the movements prior to you getting to that point so that then it reminds you what you have to do next. So this test, I retired both these tests, and there are sixes and sixes and a halves. Is that good? These. I don't know. Um, in EA dressage uh, for a pony, a 65 is quite good. Mm -hmm. uh, for a warm blood, a 70 is pretty good. Um, in the lower levels, once you get past kind of, so this prelim, novice, um, elementary, medium, advanced, and then, wait, I'm missing one. Am I? Maybe not. I'd have to think about it. Um, and, uh, and the lower levels, prelim and novice, um, and then at elementary, start, the scoring gets harder. So mm -hmm. it's like 67s and things like that start to be quite good um, for the warblets. And then um, medium is scored harder, and then advanced is scored quite hard, and then FEI is obviously FEI. Mm. Um, so like for a pony, a six and a half is darn good you know and and I get sevens on free walk I get a lot of stuff like that so here this one I got like six and a half six 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 and a half and blah 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 still got a six and a half for my half circle 10 meter and trot she just said hurry two minutes later I retired from that test you know so it it doesn't um, look as bad as it feels mm -hmm. just like this one I still got you know I, I got a six for my free walk and a long rain, and then I did my working trot, and then I picked up my canter, and then I retired. <laughs> Same here. She just put disobedient, which means you're going for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I like it how, like, that was a comment on the horse, really. Disobedient. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't me. No. It's just like, he was being shaking. <laughs> um... And they're, you know, the comments are always really interesting to me because they're, yeah, they're just consistent for me, but sometimes inconsistent for other people. So I always get consistently the same kind of answers. Um, but yes, yeah, so talking about a test, if you said A, enter working trot, X, to C, track left, that whole bit is usually one score. Mm -hmm. So if your line is crooked and wobbly and you just, nope, doesn't matter, just move on. <laughs> Don't get stuck back there because the only thing that matters is at this very moment, what am I doing? I just have to ride the horse. Mm -hmm. And I got that from a friend of mine, actually. She said it to me last night. I was talking to her, it was her birthday. And she said, when I'm going to competitions, I really just have to go, just ride the horse. Just ride the horse. Yeah, yeah, now you have to put your left leg on because you're riding a horse, you know? And that really hit me. Like, maybe if I just rode my horse <laughs> and stopped riding the test, I would ride better. Yeah. And that's probably the best advice I've ever received. Um, this is an unofficial test. And as you can see, there's like the scores are quite, yeah. quite a bit higher on the unofficial tests. Well, you got an obedient there. Yeah, but that was a different horse. Uh. <laughs> I was looking at it going, wow, your scores have really improved. improved. Different horse. Different horse and a level five test. Uh. Like novice is a little bit different. So the most recent, this one's the most recent test that I've done, I think. Um, and so they have another thing, it's called a coefficient. So that's double the points. So what's that mean? Um, so this A into working trot X halt salute is one set of 10. This track left half circle, half circle is another 10 points. Then length and stride and trot 
and working trot here is another 10 points. Stretchy is 10 points times two. Also, they're like more, they really want you to get that right. Yeah, they right. want you to own that stretchy trot like it ain't yeah. no thing. Because if you own that, potentially you can screw up on like three other points. things. Yeah. That's 20 points, and I got an. We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> that particular score there. But then I do my free walk, and I always get a bang in seven for my free walk. Mm. Love a good seven. And, and I got double the points for that. And then again, I do my working trot and then my canter. Yeah, bang it. Mm. I got another 14 for that. And, like, if you can just focus, make your focus, like, each piece, the part that you're just in right now, and every time I mess up a bit of my test, I just go, oh, well, that score's gone. I can only focus on, like, mm, there's another 10 points right here I can get. I can get these 10 points. I can get these 10 points. And that's what makes me so score obsessed is right. because I think about it in little tiny chunks, yeah, manageable chunks. So what about the general... Okay, so you're, you're saying your general overall goal for the comp is points now. I want to get more than 59 because I'm so notoriously stuck at 59. Okay. Some judges give me more than that, but it has to be cumulative of both judges at an EA competition. If you get more than 59, do you find that you're still getting upset because you didn't place or that you, you're no. still not, like you don't change? Because I have a feeling like I'll go there and I'm like, all I want this horse to do is not be hot when he arrives. Or all I want is to be able to get on and just roughly half make it around our test and I'll, I'll be happy. Like as long as I can say he was cool, calm and collected the whole day, I'm fine. I'll go there and say that, but if I end up like the bottom of the people <coughs> that I'm competing against, I know it's going to change. I'll be so upset with myself. So like how do you stop that? Mm. Or is that just like a person personal? I think that's a personal thing. thing. Like, like I don't care where I place. I went to a Tree Haven competition one day and I wrote a test and I was like, this test is banging. And I was like stoked on my test and all my friends were there and I was like, did you guys see that? And they were all like, yeah. And I was like, ah. And I had Tim there and he was like, yeah, <laughs> you did it. And I was like, yes. And then I got the scores and I was like, 59. Same, <laughs> same as always. And I was like, but it was so banging. And you couldn't get me down. Oh, Didn't okay. matter. I was like, you know what? My horse did exactly what I asked him to do. And it was great. Yeah. And then, uh, and and yeah. I still will remember the fact that I went to, to Tree Haven and had a really good time that day. Mm. Because I felt like my horse was awesome and he was obedient and we were doing things together. And it was good. I look back on that and go, yeah, there's a lot of tension issues we had there and lots of, you know, stuff that I've already worked through. And that makes me excited to go to the next one because mm. I want to prove that my training has gotten better, you know? And that's what everything is to me. I just want to show that I've been training my horse and we're doing a great job. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, and I really, it's such a simple thing, but it really resonated with me. She said, I just love the equine industry and just everything about it so much. She's like, when I was competing at Three Star, I was the girl that walked around to all my competitors and said, it's wet in that corner, yeah. just watch out. She said, I'm not that person that cared about, I just loved the competition of it mm -hmm. and the fact that we could all be super competitive but care about each other at the same yeah. time and caring about the horses and caring about the riders and just the genuine love of the sport. Yeah, love of the sport. She's like, I have a genuine love of the sport and the people in it and the, the everything it takes because you've got some sports where it's all about you as an athlete and I think in this sport it's not. We're, we're working with an animal that can't, particularly depending on what side of the fence you sit on on this, can't speak English to us. Yeah. So, like, we're not only trying to communicate with an animal, we're dealing with two athletes, enjoying them as one and expecting them to do the same thing. And one's a human being and one's an animal and it's just like, yeah. you know, so it's crazy. 
And that really humbled me to hear us say that because I was like, that's actually pretty amazing. I am. I am. That I'd person. love to be that person. I, 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 the same thing. I went to Tree Haven and the lady who rode the test before me, and I'm really aware of what's going on around me all the time because I'm a coach. Mm. You know, like, oh, that horse looks really hot over there. I'm just tootling along doing my own thing. Oh, that horse is hot over there. Oh, that horse looks like he's going to be a good buddy. I'm going to go ride near that horse. And then I can see other people going in and out of their tests and stuff like that, and I can see whatever. And I remember at Tree Haven one day, um, the one of the ladies that was in the same grade as me i saw her go in and she came out and she seemed a little anxious but there was nobody around like that was talking to her she was just and this really falls into like the community of the equestrian sport can either be such a great community or so isolating whenever i've seen events it's people and their uh their grounds person i guess you could say like everyone brings a friend you're either alone or you bring a friend and you see those people that are quite obviously either with the same instructor or at the same stable and they've got like a group of 10 people that are cheering and clapping and then you've yeah. got one person that goes in by themselves and walks out by themselves quietly yeah and that's sad and 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 the, the equestrian sport can just be a really isolating sport. You you know, you ride at home or you don't have a, an adjustment and, and you're... Even when you do have an adjustment, it's so clicky. Yeah, it can be really Like difficult. a lot of people are clicky. Like, I'm not a clicky person. I don't get into the clicks. I'm not invited. So, <laughs> like, you know, and, and having that, you know, the, the story kind of made me think, I really want to try that. You know, when I go out this time, I'm different as a person. I think I can do that. I want to spot those people. And even not, you know what? I've seen some amazing riders go in. And you would think that they would have everyone barracking for them. But you know what? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're there on their own as well. Yeah. And just because you're good doesn't mean you don't deserve to hear stuff back. Yeah. And when I saw the lady at Tree Haven and I was like, okay, that lady looks like she's doing a great job. And she doesn't have anybody around. I went and, and said hello to her and and I told her that I thought her test looked really great and then she goes oh I'm an inventor I'm kind of just waiting for the rest of the stuff to happen and then I was like no no this is it you can go just drink wine now <laughs> and I go and and take her up to the like area where the they serve wine and all that stuff um but it's like it's different it can be really really isolating it can be really difficult if you even just aren't normally in that part of the community mm. um and it's just it's a tough go like dressage is also really um close-knit and and people can it's all about like who you know and who you train with and blah 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 and, and, and if you oh my gosh i remember going to an event like a dressage day with a friend and i was taking photos for her on the mm -hmm. ground and i remember going and um people were asking you know is that like they would walk up sitting on their nice pretty horse and they'd be like oh is that a young thoroughbred like you know or or a stock horse or something no it's a warm blood oh really like yeah. just little comments that you yeah. get it's like people feel entitled in that sport because they have the breeding or they have the yeah but I remember going in and kicking some pretty top-notch people's butts on my thoroughbred that I had to train myself, you know, yeah. from the ground. And then you get people that buy the training mm -hmm. and win. Yep. We've spoken about that before but in mean, one of our get, podcasts. you get people who buy the training and lose. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a shame? Yeah. <laughs> well, think about, yeah, there's lots of controversial training methods as well and so many different types of training. I was reading about tortillas, yeah, yeah, and the controversial training methods that went into that horse, artificial-looking tight movements, and and talking about rocker and all of that stuff, and then that horse was bought and ridden by someone else and had some injuries, and then and then they sent it to another trainer, um, trying to mimic the training style of the the first owner, well, the first trainer, the 
long and or deep and short and low and round. Um, and and then the horse, it was very controversial, the horse stuck its tongue out in the competition and blah, 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 and like all kinds of crazy things. But just imagine buying and selling a horse, a young horse like that, you would have paid tons of money, mm. tons. And then he's not, he doesn't make it back to the Olympics and he doesn't make it, you know, because you just, the it's the pair sometimes. But no, I'm not saying that the, that particular pair was any good because I don't believe in those training methods, but um, it it can be just a combination of of you and and we've had we've had those those horses we as we we found one the other day yeah. where you know they go yeah. well your horse doesn't go well for me it doesn't <laughs> like my 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 hot seat no no so funny a lady said to me the other day uh, oh. Well, I mean, I want to. I I was thinking about buying this horse into state. I saw the video. He looked really great. Blah 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 blah. What do you think about buying a horse sight unseen and into state from from video footage? And I said, if you sent me a video of you having sex with your husband and said he was really good, <laughs> I wouldn't marry him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I want to be there. <laughs> Because I don't know if it's gonna work for me. Yeah. And that That's a she, great example. She just laughed at me and she said, I've never heard anyone say that. But it's so true. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna marry you if I'm just watching you have sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? That's so true. It's so true. And that is that's when for the for the back row you know, people that don't know much about horses, that'll really tell you a lot about buying a horse. Yeah. It's, that is or what even riding in general, they yeah. just don't grow the same for everyone. No, it doesn't. Um, okay. Hi, Mom, by the way. Sorry for that analogy. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we've talked about a little bit about, like, expectations of going there, and mm -hmm. have we already established what my expectation should be, just to, like, have him be the same there as his own? Do okay. not sacrifice your training. Whatever you're doing, just decide, like, is this going to confuse him if I now ride him more, if I get after The answer him? would be yes. Yeah. Because we're a baby. Yeah, so then don't confuse him. Just keep doing just it. Just go out to have fun. And run your, ride your tests at home. Train for, like, 30 minutes and then ride a couple dressage tests at home and then be done. Mm. That's what I do almost every ride. So I like end my rides with the dressage test. I halt, I salute, I give my horse a big pat, and then I walk him out. You know, just like I was training it at home. I salute, I get tense and tight. I ask for the work that I'm asking for. I do everything that I need to do, my corners, my blah, 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 blah. And then I make sure that I only sacrifice the movement I'm making if it's going to improve the training. So if I'm doing a lengthened canter down the long side and I can't bring him back, I'll go, now I'm making a little circle and you're coming back. And then I, and then I proceed. But if I did that in a dressage test, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've got to teach him, no, this is where we come back. Yeah. Um, okay, so other parts of like competing, obviously, is just like preparing. Like what, what do I need? Um, okay, we'll talk about unofficial dressage days first, uh, and pony club, we'll call it pony club and unofficials, because they have open pony club. Mm -hmm. uh, in open pony club, you can wear a show jacket, uh, and it doesn't have to be your club color, club colors, obviously. Um, Say and that again. Club colors. Uh -huh. um, and if you are doing an unofficial day, you do not need to wear a jacket or a vest you can just wear a nice shirt um the more effort you put in on an unofficial day the more respected the judges will feel if you plat the judge will feel that you have put in the effort to be there mm. more so than if you show up in jotties and a dirty t-shirt and don't plat and your horse has mud on it you need to show respect for the judge who is spending the time to, to be there. 
Uh, and I think that's a really important part. I honestly feel that preparation is part of the anxiety that go like if you like I think it's important traveling horses is the worst part of the competition period I just getting like, the horses the washing before the plaiting up the getting dressed like builds anxiety I feel in the horse and the rider and and going there like that's just not what happens on a daily daily basis so I groom my horse for an extended period amount of time each day, just as a whole. Mm -hmm. So he just becomes more and more pleased with standing in, the, especially when they're changing hair right now, like, I am building all this winter fluff. Please remove the summer fluff so I can winter it up. My horse is getting clipped this weekend. That's how hairy he is. Already. Already, completely. Yeah, I, I think am. I saw so in a video, I was like, oh, that happened quickly. He's like, I am sorry. But it's because I groom the crap out of him. So, like, his coat just shed right out, new coat. Yeah. Every day I, like, take five minutes with my little mitten, and then I do the dandy brush, then I do my body brush, and pick up my feet, and then I brush his little face. You know, like, I just take time. And I trim his mane or trim his tail or whatever. And I groom, like I'll brush out his tail and his mane. I'll put some spray in it if it needs it. And I spend that time always. So when I stand there and and I'm there usually because I'm pedantic about my plaits, um, I am there for two hours. And he's like, well, this is only like an hour longer than usual. <laughs> so I don't really care. Yeah. And, and then... He does, he's never really fussed by the fact that I faff. Mm. Sometimes he'll like go looking through things like, hmm, does this basket full of needles have any snacks? I'm like, can you please not? And he's like, but look at it. <laughs> That's the only, only anxiety. Like he doesn't build any anxiety in that mm. segment at all. I just hang out. Mm. I, I find it like bonding time. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be, and it's like a massage for him, so. Mm -hmm. So, right. I always just try and find the, you know me, I'm the bright side kind of gal. Mm. Love that bright side life. So, okay, we gotta get all the gear right. You yep. brought me through the gear, so, like, everything that I technically don't need. I just went out and bought everything that I would need for an official, so that I could just have both, and then I don't need to adjust everything. Yeah. Um... But, okay, so how much time should I be expecting to give? Like, what, like, I don't really know how to log the time because, you know. So I, I do it backwards from my start time. Mm -hmm. So let's say. But you already know what your horse is going to be like, generally speaking. Yeah, but I mean, when there. I brought Giggle or whatever, I just give them all the same. Mm. You get the same treatment. Everybody just gets the same stuff, <laughs> you know. So I get there, um, so I give myself an hour before my test. I was thinking at least three. <laughs> no, I mean like he, on the horse. yeah, <laughs> like like I give myself an hour yeah on the horse before my test. So I count that as an hour, yeah. and then I do thirty minutes from off the float to in the yard to whatever I'm gonna faff and get a coffee, check in, do that stuff. Mm -hmm. So now that's an hour and 30 minutes that I need to be at the establishment. Mm -hmm. Then, so however- take for me at least two hours. Yeah, then do that. At least. Yeah? Yeah. How much transport time? Well, it's from Bangkok to Warrigal. So that's an hour with float. Let's go with an at hour. At least, yeah. Mom's driving. Oh, well, I can drive, but- Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so now we're at three hours. Yeah, getting on, getting on the float depends on the the animal, the beast. But yeah. I usually allocate thirty minutes for that, mm -hmm. and then um, then then I add here I add another fifteen minutes of fact time mm -hmm. that is pre getting on the float, and then another fifteen minutes of collecting my shit together, hay bags, whatever. Brushes. Yeah, I'll be there like doing all that stuff the night before, so I'm hoping that everything Packing is just, yeah, like everything is just literally put in the car or whatever, like float car. Yeah. So it's just get the horse on, because more fluffing in the morning, I'm just gonna like build anxiety myself. 
I I just need everything to go really nice and slow and steady on little pace. On so my own. far, you're rushing me with your schedule. Really? Only because I've only ever had difficult things. Like I've oh, never man. had a good floater. I've never had like so all these things are just like well we need at least like seven hours. Like <laughs> see, I just I I feel like that's always and then I I time to hook up floats. I always allocate fifteen minutes for hooking up a float. If you're good at backing it up, if you're not, then allocate 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah. But, I mean, you see my diary. I am, A, I'm always on time for everything. B, I am scheduled all the time. I have plan. This is how long it takes me to get here. This And I, I'm really good at knowing exactly how long it takes me to do things. Right. So, the thing about four hours. Yeah. So, basically, I need to... That's really early. If I had a 9 a.m. start, I would scratch. Mm. That would, that's too much for me. I'm hoping I don't have a 9 a.m. start for, like, Carlton. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, okay, Bonio, I'm coming the night before. <laughs> like, you could not make me get up that early. Like, 3 o'clock in the morning? That's in Bangor at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's, like, off at 3. Yeah. That's stupid early. No. I'm not down with that. I would, I would. But the thing is, with so many, like, I can't even, like, say to them, hey, can I have a later one? Because it's only going to be, like, 20 minutes difference. Yeah, because there's not, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if the situation was different, like, if, if, like, at Bonio, I know they have stables. So I, I just feel like. Hey, I booked the yard, one? but. They only have yards. Yeah. Um, like, I paid for a yard, but yeah. it's for the day. Yeah. They don't do the whole night before thing. No, but Bonio does. So then well, I they would do the night before thing if I was doing the Sunday, because it's mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Right. So if I was doing Sunday, he could have obviously stayed, but because it's Saturday, gates open Saturday morning, so they're not going to allow people dropping off at five. I would have definitely done that because at least then it's out of my mind about the time, how long it's going to take to get there. He don't worry about like cloning. Cool. Yeah. I'm not going to be like. Worried about how he's gonna be because he's had the night settle in. And how it's so amazing nice. would that be? It's Maybe so I should contact them. Ask yeah, them. ask them. That could take a lot of stress off. Just be like, hey, it's a long way for us to go. Just wondering if I can yard overnight. Yeah, because I've already paid, and I'm so early in the morning. Both of my tests are literally 20 minutes apart, and I've paid the whole day in the yard fees. Yeah, you just call it. So out. they owe me. <laughs> I wouldn't approach it like that. No. I'd be like, can I pay I'm an extra joking. 10 bucks and see you yeah. overnight? But I mean, like, I stable um, at Bonio almost all the time. Yeah. Because I love it. <laughs> it's just like having your own, like, personal little hotel room. Yeah. It's like, I can just be in here. I can change in here. You know? Yeah. So you can just hide. And and they, at Bonio, they clean the shavings for you and stuff. It's just really nice. But, clean the shavings? Yeah, like, you don't have to take all the shavings out. Oh. Like, I thought you meant, like, literally take the shavings. <laughs> I was like... How upper class is this joint? I was thinking like take the shavings and like somehow put it in a washing machine and then dry it all and then no, no, they're like <laughs> they, like, they recycle shavings. They do the stable. Um, yeah. when you get there it's already done. Yeah. Like at Werribee you have to put in all your bags of shavings, then you have to remove it all. Mm. It's like no thanks. Yeah. You don't wanna have to think about that as well. No. So I'm going to do a two day um, dressage day at at Bonio, and I'll stay overnight there, and he'll stay full again. But it's nice. Like, when's that? That's in a couple months. Mm. May. I think we're gonna do it in May. But April we'll do Carlton, and that'll be at Bonio as well. But we're gonna do a special pony flash mm. because pony. But the other one, we're just gonna be just us against the big kids. It's tough. Like, but at least when I'm just against horses, I can go. I did the best I could with what I got, mm. you know? And sometimes I do okay. Sometimes I beat half of the horses still with my little poon. Yeah, I think if the judge was used to judging ponies or something, they would be more open to it. I guess it's like what your eyes are used to. Like, if they've spent the last, you know, hour or so watching massive warm buds come through, then they see a pony that is actually a really big moving pony. It's still adjusts your eyesight. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you've got to like, 
but he's a lot slower now and we're a lot more relaxed when i'm trotting if i can't say the word and in between my ones and twos and threes and fours and fives then i'm going too fast like this is how much further along we are we're like one and two and three and four oh that's and good two. i was thinking one and two and three and four <laughs> <laughs> no no we're like doing pretty well we're like one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight we're pretty good and I just use that when I'm spending time in between letters going that's like one and two and four and that's what I do I count my strides in between my letters yeah and I think that's a show jumper thing you know count your strides everywhere you go just count your strides then you'll be fine and I just count my strides I count my strides in the trot I count my strides in the walk I count my strides in the canter and that really helps me stop panicking in between the letters because then I go, okay, I've got however many strides until I have to make a kind tr of transition at C. Mm. Oh, would you do the the tra like okay? Let's just say because I can spot a canter better than the like the canter and the trot strides. I can see them quite far out. Mm -hmm. So would you run it short? Like if you were not going to come up, would you run it short or would you slow the pace before or? or do the transition after the letter like it, I know the aim is to do it on, on the, letter. the letter yeah your body on the letter yeah so if so you this also has a pretty big canner yeah so his one canner stride could put you on the complete other side of like he's probably got three canner strides along the short side of the arena yeah. if he's lucky yeah so um and that's in a in a I mean that's not a fully collected canner but he's not doing that yet he's young yeah, so yeah. like what would you do? I'd, you... I'd make the canner a little proppier to get it closer to the marker because I think your downward transition is going to be nicer if you prop up the canter and then let him trot. Are you? How does it score differently? Like, would I be better? Because a lot of the time with him and his strength and his education, yeah. at the moment, if you try and prop it up, he's quite likely he just like falls out. So, yeah. um, are you better to have a fallout of the transition or a transition not on the marker? Like, am I better just to wait if I know and and try and get that transition on the marker or play with it and risk it falling? So this comes to training. So Peter Fisher always says to me, don't practice shit transitions. Mm. You can make good transitions and put them on markers later in your training. But if you train crappy transitions on markers, they're more difficult to turn into good transitions. So don't sacrifice your training and make the transition a good one. And then put those good transitions on markers when you have enough training to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I know he's not going to make it to some, like in the vicinity, just aim for what I can, but make sure that it's the a quality transition. transition. And it may not get you the better mark, but down the road, you're going to have an easier time putting those nice transitions on markers. And my second test might be better then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like. You know. And if you're training it at home mm. and you start putting that transition on the marker, you're going to build the habit. Yeah. I know that the arena at home is not the right size. Can you put a little arena in it? No, it's a 60 by. Oh, it's a 40 by 60. Yeah, 40 by 60. Oh, now. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then practice it and then just put it as close to the marker as you can by making that transition a nice one. And then he'll start to learn, oh, at C, we trot. Mm -hmm. And then he'll kind of gauge, he'll, you'll be able to kind of move that nice transition back to where you want it onto the marker in your training. Right. Yeah. So that's my recommendation for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm all ready. I think you're all ready too. I'm very, I'm very proud of team, team Jess over there. Oh, when I was team registering, Jay. when I was registering yeah. him and like, cause I had to sign up to like this online competition yeah. database thing yeah. and uh, I got to put in all the things and it was just really exciting cause it was like earners, earner slash earners and I got to put in like Red Curtis and Jessica Jade. Oh, cute. <laughs> so like. When people are like researching us because the test was that amazing. Oh yeah, like the oh. giant Jaffa. That's his, <laughs> I to say the giant Jaffa. That's his name on the papers. People look out for him, giant yeah. Jaffa. But um, earned by 
Jessica Jade for like a, a brief stint until some. Yeah, the yeah. most important stint is yeah. now. Oh yes, that's true. That's true. Yes, but yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be really really good for him, and I think you're gonna have a great time too. Yeah. If I could go, I would, but I'm working. Yeah. It's okay. We'll have a videographer. There's usually a photographer there. Yeah, the weather's gonna be crappy though. I was so excited about trying to get some pro shots. The lighting's are nice in there because the surface is light. Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. The surface is a light color, so the lighting always looks really nice in there. Cool. Yeah. You can always talk to the photographer beforehand and like give her some money. Really? Yeah, and then they'll take extra photos of you if you're really keen. Wow, no. Usually it's like 50 bucks. Yeah. I have to do that for Carlton. I gotta contact the lady and I'll pay her 55 and then she says you get like a certain amount of professional shots. It's whatever. So how do I... This is interesting people. Does anyone know you can bribe photographers? No, but bribe them. You literally pay them for their services. It's not a bribe. It's like follow me around like my personal paparazzi for the day. Yeah. Um, but then you still need to buy the shots, right? Sometimes they include the shots, sometimes they don't. So how do you get in contact with the photographer? Usually for, um, for Randall, I think it's One Eye. They're usually on, on the thing, but you can just ask them for their details. Okay. The photographer is usually sitting there already, or you can go to the office and say, is there a photographer today? If so, can I get in touch with them? Mm. And that, yeah. And you would say that's definitely worthwhile? Yeah, for especially yeah. for a horse that you're selling. Um, I would definitely, and I'll split it with you anyways. I think that's, yeah, we want to get him out, see what he's like out, give him the experience, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, because I got that, I got a photographer to come out to Ty and I's very first competition, and she came out, like I paid her to come out for us. Oh. Well, uh, I won it, actually, so I shouldn't say uh, I, paid I paid her for photos later, yeah. but I won the she said like photo shoot yeah and then i was like sweet can you do it here i'm already gonna be flying yeah, that's so come so and, do cool. it. and then we also did like a shoot after so it was like me just loving his face i still love that because like that's what i've never Facebook like dressed up is. in the whole like outfit so mm -hmm. like totally king yeah yeah definitely cool yeah all, all right, right well see you on the other side people yeah we'll tell you all about how it goes thank you bye. see you next time bye